What's your lemonade stand story? And he was like, YouTube's going to be the next big thing, Dev. I'm like, you need to get on that. And you get on it early. And I'm like, uh... And all of us, we, we all go through our own trials, our own, our own level of stuff. Sure hope this works out. Otherwise, this will be a huge waste of time. I mean, what else is it all about other than just taking risks and continuing to try and grow and hopefully yeah. make get better and better at making things? Most of the billion-dollar brands you've seen were started by people that were just solving a problem for themselves. We're telling Lemonade Stand stories from some of the world's top creators, makers, and go-getters. We're rolling. We're rolling right now. We're rolling right now. Hey, just, uh, <laughs> we're having fun. We're having fun. We're rolling. Yeah. Hey, guys. This podcast today is sponsored by Yala, a task management and team collaboration software that we use at Lemonade Stand. We use Yala to keep all of our team members organized, wherever they are. In fact, we used it to plan and organize this podcast. Visit yala.team, that's Y-A-L-L-A dot team, and try it for free. We also have a special offer for all listeners of this podcast. Use promo code LEMONADE and get a lifetime 25% off if you upgrade. What's going on, guys? This is Sharon Perbacher with the Lemonade Stand Stories podcast, and I'm here with my dear buddy, Mr. Eric Artel, who is just the delight of the world. I mean, he's so full of joy, so full of charm. Um, we were introduced, we were kind of actually trying to figure out how we got to know each other, but it was actually through uh, our mutual friend, Andy. Years and years ago, he, he was like, hey, Sharon, I heard you're moving to LA. And I'm like, yeah, I am. He's like, you got to look up at my buddy, Eric. He's like, does tons of commercials. He's doing all kinds of fun stuff out there. I'm like, sounds amazing. I had no clue who to meet in LA. So when I got out to LA, I, I reached out to Eric and Eric is one of the few people that actually reached back to me. <laughs> of those people I reached out. Is that true? <laughs> it is true. It is true. But Eric reached back to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. <sighs> so I feel like uh, a big part of my journey, especially I started getting into acting. Uh, Eric was kind of there to see the beginnings of it and like gave me a lot of advice and, and all kinds of good stuff. And here's the interesting what? thing. This was probably back in 2009 because that's when I moved out to L.A. This is now 2021. Eric has not aged a day. I don't understand how there's that a certain, works. Listen, there's a certain concoction that you, by the way, yeah. Sharon, so, so great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Of there's, course. A certain, uh, there's a certain little concoction that you can make oh my and gosh. drink and slather all over your body. Dude, that's amazing. <laughs> your, your pores are looking fantastic. It's uh, shining well. So wait, so, so Sharon, are you trying to say that I am possibly responsible for the success that you've had in, in, Dude. because because i returned your text message that absolutely i, I just want to make sure that we're putting that out there it the was world. a phone call i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure or a phone call it might have been call. a phone call yeah, yeah you know andy much, that's great andy's really great success is based off of you i feel you know can, so. can i just say andy um one of my one of my favorite memories with andy nicholson mm -hmm. is i shot one of my best rounds of golf ever with wow. Andy Nicholson. So to set a 75, I shot a 75 for all those golfers out there. Yeah. I shot three over for a round. And, uh, I was just being inspired by the wonders of, uh, of Andy because Andy's a really great athlete and I just really wanted to beat him. And his last name is Nicholson. So of course you play golf well around someone with the last name. That's right. Nicholson. I've got to, yeah, I've got, you to. have to. 
Uh, well, this is great. This is great to be here. And I didn't realize that it's been that long that we've known crazy? each other. Sharon. And by the way, you, yeah. you haven't, you look the same exact, the same dude, except for so, a little bit of white that's going on up there. Dude. Here's the thing. Can I Which tell you the good. thing? Um, I was dying my hair for quite some time. Really? And then I, I really was at, because I was like, well, you know, just keeping myself looking young or whatever. And then I started dating someone and, and she said, wait a minute. How long has the white hair underneath, like all the black hair, been a thing? And I'm like, I don't know. I've been dying it very quickly ever since. She's like, please don't do that. Like, let it grow. Let's see what happens. So this happened. And interestingly enough, I book way more roles because of this hair. Like, it's the craziest thing. Like, somehow I have authority now. Somehow I have authority to speak on topics that I know nothing about, like mortgages, but I can <laughs> because I've got the hair to prove it, you know? So. Well, I, I wish know. there was something I could do about that because I don't have. Maybe I'll start adding white into. My, maybe yeah, I'll if start. you don't, yeah, there's there is a, a paste you can put uh, in your <laughs> hair that does the exact same. Thing. <laughs> or when in doubt, kids, when in doubt, just get a little bit of a bottle of white out and, and just dump it on. No, don't do that, you guys. Okay. Don't do that. Hundred percent, don't do that. That's dangerous. 100%. Yeah, Wait, yeah. Please, the don't. lemonade podcast is not um, condoned. We're not sponsoring. We're not sponsoring this at all. Not at all. Um, no, but guys, seriously, Eric is one of the funniest people I have ever met. And mm. it's, it's the truth, man. It's the truth. Like you are so funny. You, you know, some funny people, Jaren. you know, some, uh, I do. People. And that's why I'm like, you're on the top of the list, man. Um, I appreciate that. No, you, you are like, th th that's a lot of pressure for this podcast, by the way, this podcast is not meant to be a really funny podcast. No. And yet I'm expecting laughs from you. So, uh, <laughs> this is going to be so great to oh, see what no. happens. Oh, no. no, uh, Eric, like it's interesting because like booking commercials is a very, very uh, challenging, but uh, but like awesome thing to do with, as an actor in L.A. Because like if you book a commercial, um, it kind of sets you up for like a good amount of time because like usually those are called SAG national commercials and you end up getting residuals and all this stuff. And I remember my time in L.A. like in the course of my time in LA, I probably did like maybe two or three commercials of my nine years there. Man, and Eric shocking to and Eric did one a month, I feel, you know, he did one national commercial a month. <laughs> and I and I remember him telling me this. And then he said, Yeah, dude, I just golf and I do commercials. And I'm like, oh no. What, what is this? But the thing oh. is that you know, in that era, that was true. No, That's but the, pretty much what I did. Yeah. I, but my goal, I'll just tell you this: my goal at the time. Yeah. Uh, I, we're going to be talking about this later, so that that's we fine. are. But let's talk about it right we'll now. We'll do it in different accents. Listen, my goal at the time when I was in the acting. No, my goal at the time was uh, was was I I wanted to book at least one thing a month. That was like mm. that was like my goal. It's like I I just want to book one job a month. If I can book one job a month, then things are going really well. I felt like yeah. for myself, which which involved, I'm sure you've been talking a lot about acting during this podcast and stuff, but that involves a lot of auditions. I mean, yes. during the heyday of those, that and that was like the heyday of commercial auditioning, at least somewhat. I mean, you had to go, you had to do like at least 50 commercial auditions, a hundred to yes. book one or two. Like it's not... It, there's a lot of rejection. There's a lot of 100%. rejection. <laughs> there really is. It's there's like your dating life. Just a yeah, lot of rejection. It really is. Dude, it, it continues to be my dating life as it turns out. Uh, wait, wait, wait. 
So you're not dating the girl who told you they go crazy. No, but I have the white hair. To, I have the white hair. That's the only. That's the only proof I have that I did date her. And now she can. See, now she like can see you when you're on TV. Yeah. And she'd be like, "I told him to yes. do that hair," yeah. and she'll be just so sad. And she is, except I'm she sorry. was the one that ended it. So anyway, I don't think she's that sad. I'm sorry. Hey, that's... you know what? It's all good. We're still great friends. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, but back to you, back to you and your incredible career. Um, here's the thing. I remember like booking commercials or anything like requires a lot of like a lot of skill. It's not just like being able to like know how to act. It's like also like being able to win a room, being able to like be confident, being able to have this, this kind of presence that puts people at ease. And it's funny because there were a couple of you guys, like Kirby was one of them. You were one of them that I, I was just like, man, how in the world do these guys keep booking commercials and, and stuff? Because everyone's always like, oh, people are looking for ethnic diversity and all this stuff. And Eric and Kirby are about as unethically diverse as possible. And I feel like I'm on the other end and I wasn't booking anything. And these guys were just killing it. I'm like, what is happening? But then but then I got to see you perform um, in, your, in your comedy troupe. I forgot what it was called, but it was in Santa Clarita. Right? Society. The society, society that's right yeah and i just remember just seeing incredible genius at work like you lincoln kirby i forgot who else was performing and adam. sometimes sometimes adam would play right yeah um i remember just seeing just incredible wit and the ability to like be able to like really quickly like create something and one of the games that you always played that i loved was when you were like it was like this game where like the the audience would select uh what the problem or the scenario or, or whatever it is and then kirby and whoever else would act it out using uh, voices that didn't make any sense right oh yes gibberish, gibberish. was it in, was it an opera was it an, uh, was it I, did I we do it to music or to not music not to music but okay. you did it and you'd come in and you'd like just be speaking gibberish with them and you'd completely understand the scenario. And I was like, that requires. Uh, and I would have to guess like what guess they were trying to do. It was, so it's almost like, it's like a game of charades, but you do it in gibberish. Yeah. Yes. We called that mystery things or uh, comedy sports calls it five things. I love that game. Yeah. And I go out, I go out in the hall and then they, they, I have to come back in and guess what the audience is given. And inevitably every single time, there's people who ask me after the show and they say, they're like, you, you knew what they were doing. Right? Yeah. Like, like, you knew it. And I never know. And I don't, you, I, I don't cheat. Come yeah. on, guys, I'm not a cheater. Yeah. Guys. I, that's so one thing about no, Eric. A he's a lot of things, but he's not a cheater. That's I'm not a sure. cheater. No, I do not. Never. I do not subscribe to the Jim Rome theory of if you're not cheating, you're not trying because yes. don't cheat. Yeah. Don't cheat. You don't know. cheat. Well, thank, um, thank you, Sharon. That is, I, I, and it, this is funny. You should say this because um, because I can probably attribute a lot of my entertainment career success to improvisation. Mm. So I I, I, improvisation is an amazing thing that you teach yourself or that you teach yourself that you, that you train in that made me more confident it trains your brain to think uh, in different ways. It makes you a so much better actor and also just a better person and a better collaborator and a better and teamwork what? and a better leader yeah. and a blah, 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 blah. But I, I would say that if I did not, if I was not introduced to improv, which by the way, speaking of Kirby and Lincoln, 
I was introduced to improv by Lincoln in when he had a group called uh, the Skinny Lincolns in Salt Lake many, many years ago. And Kirby and I started about the same time. He's actually started a little bit right after me mm-hmm. in that improv realm. And then I moved to LA and then I, I studied it at the Groundlings, etc. But then I also started teaching it. And now we, now Lincoln and I teach it, but I, I, I would dare say that one of the biggest credits to my acting success has been improv training. Dude, it, you're a genius at it. And I, you hit on something that I actually want to talk on, uh, talk about in just a little bit, but how improv not helps, not only helps you with acting, but with life itself. Yes, because yes, I think it's so. it's a very very um, interesting thing because the whole idea of improv is like there's like a kind of a ground rule right, which is like the yes and principle mm-hmm. right, where someone presents something to you, you accept it, you accept it as truth, and you add upon it, yep. and the moment you negate it, you're like, nope, that's not it, the scene dies, it's it's over. But I actually kind of feel like that is the the success for life, you know. When life yes. gives you something, you're like, you have to accept it. Be like, okay, this is what it is. And I'm going to oh. add upon this, you know, th- th- think about, think about this th- Think about the name of this podcast. Yes. Well, I mean, what is that age old phrase? When life gives you lemons, you got to make lemonade, make, make lemonade. I mean, that is a perfect example of yes. And I'm going to give you an, uh, let me just tell a quick story. Please. I've got a buddy. His name's Johnny. And he was, uh, he's been an actor for a long time. In fact, he was the, uh, he was the Geico uh, motorcycle guy with the big handlebar mustache. I don't know if okay. you ever saw that campaign. Really funny guy, stand-up guy. But his wife also was in acting. And I went to their wedding. And in their marriage vows, they said, I will always yes and you. <laughs> in in the that. wedding itself. Yeah. In their marriage vows. And um, yeah, yes and. It's so true, Taryn. Yes and is a principle um, that that we teach so often, that improv teaches so often. It's just one principle. I mean, it's one thing that you learn yeah. in improv. By the way, just a little shameless plug. Please. We do uh, improv wizards, improvwizards.com. It's a online what? improv learning system that Lincoln and I developed. It's a class you can take from the comfort of your own home. Nice. Go to improvwizards.com. There are free videos, free training videos. If you'd like to also enroll, happy to have you. Just let us know. Send us a message. <laughs> but um, but it's one of the reasons why Lincoln and I developed this to help people learn it so that they didn't have to have a school nearby where they could go. No. And now, you know, with all that's going on in the world, yes, with, et cetera, Online learning is so much more prevalent and important. Um, yeah, but yes, and of course is a is a linchpin in improv training. And you're right; it it is changing your mindset and accepting what's happening and building upon it and yeah. using it for the best. I was just talking with uh, I, I literally was just talking with um, a gentleman by the name of uh, Jose. And he has an, a, uh, we're going to be collaborating on some stuff. And he has a very severe stutter, very severe stutter, which he has, um, he, you know, works through and stuff. And, and, but we talked about this, this principle, he and I just talked about this principle because he was like, I have a stutter. Yes, I have a stutter. And now I will do this. 
mm-hmm. as opposed to, I have a stutter. I wish I didn't. Yeah. Instead, I have a stutter. And now I'm going to create something out of that. Um, it's I such a that. transformative yes. principle in life if you can if you can learn to think that way and and you can train yourself to think that way like you can train yourself to think that way and that's you know it, it it's positive attitude it's it's just yeah. all there's a lot of motivational stuff well you know it's, I it's talk it's, for hours about this dude yeah, so. well I, I know you can and and we may i don't know we'll see what happens uh, <laughs> here's the thing that's interesting i found that the people that can yes and are the ones that like coped well during the pandemic ooh because a lot of people rejected everything. They were like, wait, what? The world is shutting down. Wait, what? Like this happens and that happened. And so many people felt isolated and depressed and lonely and, and sad. And But the ones that I felt could cope through it and could like find joy in the circumstances were the ones that accepted it and saying, okay, this is going to be a reality. It's not a fun reality, but it is a reality. And we're going to accept it and we're going to figure out a way to find our new path in life, our, our new way of creativity. You know, entrepreneurs do this all the time when they have to pivot, when, they, yes. when they're saying, okay, like this didn't happen. So we got to change something else. Now, I know you and Lincoln and, and Kirby, you guys have created all kinds of different like video series and, and fun series and, and things like that, that may not have taken off. They may have been really oh, funny, yeah. but they just didn't take off. And so instead of stopping... You kept going. You're like, okay, cool. I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to try something new, you know? And, so, and uh, yes. Uh, yeah, how did ahead. you do it? Like, how did you do it and like keep going? Cause like sometimes people are like, dude, forget this. This is terrible. You know? <laughs> it's, it's so true. I, I, and I still create stuff and I put it out there and, it, yeah. and, and it'll still not do well. I, I, you know, I've had the, I've had uh, a lot of, I've had a lot of fun opportunities in my life and I've, I've, uh, I'm so grateful for it. But one of the things that I've been able to do is be a content creator. And mm. so I do a lot of TikTok videos. I'm on TikTok. I've, I have over 4 million followers on TikTok, which, which is boggles insane. my, boggles my mind. <laughs> it's so, it's it so boggles amazing. my mind. Well, it amazes me because it's like, I didn't even know you did TikTok. You go, yeah, dude, I got 4 million followers. I'm like, what? You know, it's crazy. It's and for the record, I did not say that in a braggadocious way when I talked no. to you. <laughs> I know. Because yeah, it, it, bog- it boggles my mind. Um, but still, I will post videos at time. I'll still post videos that just nobody likes or watches or whatever. Yeah. So there's a const, there's this constant thing that you're talking about of, of, do you put stuff out there? If it doesn't work, you just pivot, you try, do you adapt, you, look to improve, et cetera. So it's a life, I mean, it's a lifelong, it's a lifelong journey, right? And as actors, it's a lifelong journey because yeah. people don't come knocking down your, down your door. always offering you things. You still have to audition or you still have to. Yeah. And get face rejection. It's the same type of stuff. You're always trying to work on something and trying to find what is going to work in life. And I think that's the way kind of life is for everybody, whether it's your profession, yep. relationships, um, you know, like, like uh, Jeffrey R. Holland, I think said the first time I, I, I heard him say it, yeah. where he said, uh, where his child came, his daughter, I think it was said, I, I you know, uh, I've got I've, on her wedding day, 
and said, I'm, I'm at the end of, uh, I'm at the end of all my troubles. And then his reply was, yeah, but which, which end? Right? <laughs> so good. Right? So because, good. because that idea of even in relationships, you get yeah. married. It's not, you, you always, there are always, you always have to be working on things. There are always going to be things that don't go well. And then you work on things to make things, things go well. Um, so I think it's really profound what you're talking about, about this idea of, of, uh, of, you know, making you try to adapt and yeah. you just keep going forward. You just, you accept it. You, 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 yes, you, yes. And those problems. Yeah. Well, and the interesting thing is I find that, um, if you can find relationship with yourself, uh, or with, with a higher power with God, whoever you want it to be for you. And, and find that you have joy just because of that relationship, you tend to keep going no matter what, because you're not worried about the outcome as much. You already have the joy. And so you create for the joy of creating. And I feel like that's what you do a lot of times with, with your content creation is like, you're constantly creating. And if something doesn't go, you're like, okay, that didn't go. Let me try something else. Let me try something else. And you'll keep going and going because you just love creating. You're a content creator. That's what you do. And it's not like you're only a content creator if people accept your content because more than likely people reject your content. Like they have rejected my content. And yet, you know, you, you say like, oh, I mean, some go, some don't, but yet you have over 4 million followers on TikTok. So that already shows, hey, there is a fan base. There is a group of people, a big group of people that like what you're putting out, you know? And it's, it's interesting because... Um, I randomly see you popping up on the internet with like, like the craziest people. Like there was this one video I saw with LeBron James and you're like standing next to him doing like some funny, like sketch thing with him, you know, which was so funny. And then like, I saw another thing that you were doing with, um, oh my gosh, uh, Zachary Levi, you know, he was, he was like, he was like doing some video and then he was mentioning you and I'm like, how in the world has Eric gotten around? Well, the thing is, is like, your personality and your friendliness, I feel, is like your superpower. And it allows you to, to put other people at ease to put, and, and to make people be like, hey, you know what? I love working with Eric. But what would you say has been like your key to your success as an actor? Man, well, thank you, by the way. And, and uh, right back at you, Jaren. No, um, I, I, like I said, I... I have had some really fun opportunities to to work with a lot of different people and meet a lot of different people and make friendships with a lot of different people. And I, I appreciate what you said because I, I've I've always tried at least to to be a friend first and regard those relationships more importantly than whatever you can get out of those relationships. Yeah. Um and maybe, you know, sometimes, maybe sometimes to a career detriment. I mean, I know people who, when they immediately meet somebody uh, and they immediately try to use that relationship for, for things. And I mean, sure, that is how, that is how you can build up together and collaborate, et cetera. And that's, that is important. Mm -hmm. But I think you can tell when somebody, you can tell when somebody is trying to use you just for certain things as opposed to wanting to have a legitimate relationship and, and care about you as a person. So that's just a thought that just came into my mind when you're talking about that. 
Um, but I did want to talk about this idea of, because I was just talking this week to a group of other people about this mm. um, in Clubhouse, actually. And I don't know if anyone's on Clubhouse, but if you're on yeah. Clubhouse, hey, come say hi. Um, and it was this idea that uh, I've known, and I'm sure you know as well, people who are what we would consider almost at like the pinnacle of their success, particularly actors who might be at the pinnacle of their success where they're on billboards and you would just think, man, if I could reach that level, <sighs> problems solved, right? Of course. And yet knowing them personally, you see how unfulfilling that is. Yeah. That is, it does not fulfill. And you start to realize how important priorities are and where, what your priorities are and what your value system is. And if you are valuing career success above all else, that is a slippery slope that leads to disaster for you personally, because mm -hmm. you can always, there is always a new rung of the ladder to go on. I mean, nobody has reached a pinnacle so high that they don't want something else. Yeah. And so it is a, it's a very difficult thing to put yourself through. <clears throat> Whereas if you have a different value set system, so I, you know, I personally, I'm a very uh, spiritual person. I have a strong faith in God and that relationship is extremely important to me. And that's where I put my, that's, that's one of the things that I put my value in. And that's, mm. that's, what's important is having that relationship and being a good person. Um, and that is what I try to focus on being a good husband, being a good father. My family is such a huge priority for me. Granted, Career success is important for your family, so you can provide for your family. And I'm sure. so grateful to how that 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 is a possibility for me. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I don't want to fail at being a good husband, father, and child of God. Mm. That's what I don't want to fail at. If I have hiccups and failures in career, fine. Yeah, because that's that is. That I can overcome those, and but that's not where I put my value, my mm. my personal value, uh, and and so I think that's been one of the things that has helped me a lot. I'm not going to say it doesn't hurt when I put something out there and like people aren't liking it or people sure. aren't sharing it. Like, yeah, that hurts, right? Yeah, because it's part of your creation. I don't know. Sure. Have, you've, have you, Sharon, you've done stand up, yeah? I haven't done stand up, oh, man. I oh, really haven't. Have you done it? Oh, have you done stand up? Oh, it's the it, yes, I have. It it's such a thrilling experience, but it is one of the most yeah gut wrenching experiences in the world sure. because you're getting up on that stage, and when you do improv, I can do improv without feeling nervous, like whatever. It it's yeah. just so fun to do because people that's if they expect the improv and they know that you're yeah. maybe not come up. You're, but when when somebody's watching you do stand up, they're just like make me laugh. Yeah. Give me what you give me what you think is going to make me laugh and we will see if it makes me laugh. Yeah. You know, and that's like dude, that is terrifying. so gut-wrenching. It's yeah. terrifying. And the judgment that is then placed on you, it's terrifying. Um and 
I can't even remember where I was going with this, but I, I think what I was, but this, it's this idea of like, I, I've known stand-up comics and when they put all of their eggs in that basket in terms of self-worth and value, that's why oh, dr- like drug abuse is rampant, etc. cetera. Um, so I, I can't, I honestly can't remember where I was going with this. Can we roll back the tape? Because, but again, but yeah. it's this idea yeah. of like, yeah. it's this idea of, of, where does fulfillment uh, come from? Yes, where is your fulfillment yeah. coming? Because yeah, because if you like if you go and do stand up and you fail on stage and it's a total snooze fest and no one laughs, how do you bounce back from that? If that if that is where you're putting your self value, yeah, and your self worth, dude. My I goodness, think I, I think the biggest rough. thing, like the takeaway I'm getting from all of this, is like honestly, you have to identify. What yes. is giving you your sense of joy, your sense of fulfillment, your sense of purpose, mm-hmm. your sense of hope, your sense of all the good things, right? Yeah. Because if it is placed upon me booking a part, or if it's if it's placed upon me uh, working with such and such actor, it just never works, man. It just does not work. But what I have noticed is when I put my fulfillment and everything and my relationship on God, and like those things that matter most to me the parts just come. I don't know how, but they just show up. And um, I found like my success as an actor has come as a result of that. Cause then I go to the auditions already fulfilled. So I'm not going there with like, with this need of like, I've got to book this part. It's just more of a, Hey, this is so exciting. I get to have this opportunity and present my version of this character to you. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, no worries. And, and then I go and I, and I feel free and that, that sense of feeling free, free, a sense of feeling relaxed. I think that's what books me the roles. So it's, yes. like, it's like this byproduct. I feel like it's this byproduct of you feeling comfortable and good right now. Yes. You know, I, I think, yes. Because, I think so because in the acting realm too, yeah. the casting director, the directors, whoever's watching that audition, they can, they can, they can sense that. Oh yeah. They can sense the neediness of the actor. They can sense when somebody comes in and comfortable and is, and is confident and, like you were saying, has that has that attitude because then they they want to work with that person too because yeah. they're going to be hiring them to work with them. So not only do they want to make sure the person can deliver the product, but they want to be able to feel comfortable working with that person, which which is a big important business principle too, right? It's like <laughs> this this idea of people don't buy. A lot of people often don't buy the product that you're selling. I mean, they do, obviously, yeah. but a lot of times they're buying you. Hundred um, percent, and and they they won't even consider the product if they don't like the person who is selling the product, so to speak. Um, that is so. such a true principle of life, man. And what also is interesting is I've had auditions where I'm like, I nailed it. Like I felt I nailed it. I get yes. nothing. Yes. I get nothing. And then there are times when I'm like, oh, that was a total bomb. That was I don't know what I'm doing, and I end up booking those. Yes. Right? So yes. Oh, I've me, got some great stories about that. Yes. Oh, dude. Do, do you have any like in particular that you can share? Um, it's sh- uh, sure. I, uh, yeah. like, I, I think it's sure. I, um, let's see, uh, uh, pl- plenty of times I've gone in there and walked out of the room and thought, I'm not getting that. I, I'm not getting that. <laughs> yeah. And I've got it. So one that comes into mind, okay, this was a, while, a long time ago, but it was a commercial audition and I, <sighs> I went in there and it was a Burger King audition. Yeah. And I had to cluck like a chicken. This is perfect. I love this already. So I had yeah. to, the scenario was me and my buddy 
are at a fortune teller, a gypsy fortune teller lady okay. has a crystal ball. And we're looking in the crystal ball and I start to turn into a chicken. Like I start clucking like, like, like that sort of thing. <laughs> and so I went into this callback and it was this British, this older gentleman, British, if he's listening to this, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if you remember this. He might be listening to the podcast at some point, but yeah. he, he likes sitting there and I would do it. And he'd be like, no, do it more, you know, can you do it more like you're a real chicken? And then, you know, do it like, no, give me some more, like, like do it more, cluck more. And stuff. like, you know, do more head movement. No, 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 it's too much. It's too much. You know? And I, so just, and oh gosh, I'm sitting dude. here trying to cluck like a chicken and being directed. And, yeah, and then it was finally like, all right, all right. Thank you. Thank you. And it's just like, that's how it just unceremoniously ends the oh, audition. Man. The callback. Yeah. And I walk out and I'm like, no, yeah. there's no, there's no chance. And, and then I booked it and then I booked the, the, the commercial and it turned out it has a silver, it has a, it has a sad ending actually, to be perfectly honest, because oh, it, it turned out to be, um, Burger King was launching their chicken Whopper, totally new product. Wow. And this is one of the commercials to launch the chicken Whopper. And so it's like, oh, this thing is going to run. Yeah. Like crazy, which means for those who don't know, like the more your commercial runs on an, as a national network commercial, the yeah. more you get paid. So, yeah. and, and you can make a, back in those days, you can make a substantial amount of money yes. um, if a commercial ran a lot. So I thought this is going to be great. They're going to play this thing to, to, into the ground yeah. because it's launching this new product. Sure enough, the commercial comes out and there I am clucking like a chicken <laughs> into it's a great. crystal ball. Yeah. And, uh, it played for like a week and then they pulled it. No. Because, yes, because Burger King changed their ad agency. And when they changed oh, their ad agency, yeah. the ad agencies essentially are the ones that are creating the commercials. Sure. And so they scrapped all the promotional commercials they were doing. And they had this other brilliant idea, having Adam Carolla be the voice of a vending machine. And that like that was oh. the series of commercials that they created and they started airing. So Oh man. So it became a anyway. But yes, that so that was one of the that was one of the one of those I walked out thinking no there's no chance. There's no like, chance. This guy hated me. Yeah. Dude, I, I I mean I can't even like tell you how many auditions were like that where I bombed like so hard, left like the Disney lot once for this audition, just feeling like I should never be an actor in LA. I should not be allowed to come on a set because like what I just did was just a complete annihilation of any any lines ever and the very next day my agent's like dude go to, you gotta go to the table read you booked the thing and i'm like how why why would that, that it makes no sense it makes no sense it makes no sense and then and yeah. then of course there are the flip sides too that happen yes for actors where you walk out and you're like ah i've got i can't wait yeah like you start thinking in your mind yeah. Here's what I'm going to buy with, yeah. you know, or I'm now I'm going to be able to cover my rent for X amount of whatever, yeah. man. I had a, I, I don't know how honest or how, how much detail we want to go into with this. We got to do I, this. Okay. I was on, I was auditioning for a new show. Yeah. It's going to be a new Nickelodeon show. Yeah. I guess I, I, I guess I shouldn't say what show it is. I was going to, uh, for a new Nickelodeon show, go to the audition, go to the callback go to the network read 
And I, I get into the elevator for this show or for this, for this um, network. And like the room fills up, the elevator fills up with these guys. They were all go. We were all going to the same room. Turns out they were like the writers of the, no of the pilot of the new show and some producers. And they're all telling me in this elevator, Oh, we love your audition. You're so great. This is so great. You're so oh, perfect for this role. No. Blah, 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 blah. Then I go into this room and there are literally probably 15 people all in a line. And I do it and laughing, they're laughing and they're do- like, it went better than almost any audition I've ever gotten. And you can see where this is going, obviously. Yeah. And I walk out and I just think, this is amazing. I think I just booked a series regular for a new Nickelodeon show. New, oh, sorry. No, it was Disney. I'm sorry. Disney, it was Disney, Disney. for a okay. new, oh, maybe I shouldn't even say one of those two. Yes. Um, but for a new show that is going to like, this is like a career maker. That, that, that's when, like, you know, you walk yeah, out of some of, of these auditions, you think this is a, this could be a career maker. Quote yeah. And uh, so the feedback that I would get is um, cast and director. Perfect for it. Yeah. Uh, producers, writers, you're perfect for it. Showrunners, you're perfect for it. This is perfect for it. one executive at this company that will be unnamed, even though we named it. One executive who really hadn't, didn't have very much to do with the show, but it was just an executive, right? Yeah. With their reaction was like, nah, I don't see it. One out of a whole room of, and then also people would be at, and uh, so I didn't get the role. And then as it was, it was almost like a sort of a nice thing. I mean, it felt a little bit better. They rewrote the role and they turned him in, turned the role into a kid as opposed to an adult. So they like actually went back yeah. to the drawing board and, and rewrote wow. the entire role. And then it yeah. wound up being a very long running successful show. And so it was a little, uh, it was a little sad. I, I actually wound up being on the show. I, I guessed it on the show. So that was yeah. kind of cool um, a long time later, uh, but but yeah, it was just this one person who didn't really have very much to do with it, allegedly. Who and it wasn't like I don't like him; he's terrible. It was more like I don't know, I don't get it, you know, yeah. sort of thing. So those curveballs come at you, and like we were just yeah. saying before, if you if that's what you're if that is what you're putting your value on, if you don't have, yeah, you know, either a faith system or I mean, you and I are both, you know, we we both have a lot of faith in God, etc. But if you don't have something else which gives you your self-worth and your value that transcends whatever's going on here on earth that yeah. you're doing, um, it's devastating. That's it's gonna, devastating. It's it devastating. Is devastating. And it is devastating regardless. But It's devastating regardless. Here's the but thing. Boy. With, well, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, like, I love being an actor, not because I get to act. I mean, I do. I, of course, I love it because I'm acting. But also because of the life lessons it talk, it, it teaches me about how do you face rejection? How do you face those times when you're constantly feeling like nothing is going to ever succeed? Because that's what it is a lot of times. I mean, for every success that you have, you have so many failures come through. And yeah. then the flip side is those that get success early and they taste it like this is what it's always going to be. And then they get rejected over and over and over. It's like, it's this constant barrage of things that are kind of happening to us. 
And that's what like changes us and helps us realize, okay, this world that we're facing right now is so full of uncertainty. And anytime you think like, oh yeah, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. Like your life is going to actually feel kind of unfulfilled. And um, I, I was actually kind of joking around with, uh, I, I, I belong to like a group of, um, of people that are like mid-single, but they're not married or anything like that. Yeah, and yeah. I was joking with them. And I said, guys, I love that we're here. We're all here. Because just being here lets us know things did not go according to plan. <laughs> and we're just, and they were like dying laughing. In the and like, and like, and we're still alive. And we're, we're still here we're though. Still joking. And we're here, you guys. Yeah, we're, we're here. Guys, you're like, we're friends. We, you're you know? like, we never would have been friends. You're like, listen, we never would have been friends. We would never have gotten married when I was younger. So I'm so glad I didn't yeah. get married. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the tears, the tears are just tears. flowing off your face. But dude, it was just, it was an interesting thing. Cause as I was talking to him, I said, listen, if you live life by a checklist or by a set of expectations, whatever those expectations are, whatever that checklist is, whatever that narrative is, when that narrative doesn't happen, when that checklist doesn't happen, I say when, because more often than not, those, those checklists and those narratives don't happen. You feel completely unsatisfied with life. You feel very devastated and, um, and you feel like it's just like, like you turn bitter and I've, and I've talked to a lot of people that have yes. turned bitter and yes. it's just like, they kind of give up on life. And I'm like, I don't think our view of life was accurate to begin with. There was somewhere down the line, this, this narrative that was painted in our head of fantasy that this is how life was going to be if certain things were done all the time. But in reality, I, I think it's more about like what we're talking about, like that relationship, that that sense of fulfillment is what gives you hope. So I I don't know. I, I love that. Now, I want to shift topics a little bit because, um, you know, you're a very hopeful guy. You're always creating awesome content. And recently, you've been chatting with me that you are now the host of a new show yes. called Prank Academy. Yes. So tell me about Prank Academy. Like, how did this become a thing? And, and how is this even... Like, I don't know. Like, it's just amazing. I was so stoked about it. Well, this is great. I'm very excited about the show. Uh, it is, it's called Prank Academy. It is with AFV, America's Funniest Videos. So America's Funniest Videos mm -hmm. has been around for over 30 years. Where... So you were, in a sense, replacing Bob Saget is what's happening. <laughs> no, no, no. Alfonso okay. Rubiero replaced Bob. Bob, Bob okay, Saget. fine, fine, fine. No, Call I am not. I mean, although, l listen, let's put it out there. Once Alfonso decides to hang up the hang up his hosting duties on AFE, I am happy to, fill, to yes. try to fill those shoes. But, um, so AFE has been around for a long time, America's Funniest Videos, and they've been receiving submissions from people for over 30 years. So they have this enormous vault of videos that they love to show and showcase. And they can only show so many during their show, during their, their main show. So Prank Academy is a show that uh, we helped uh, create. Um, I'm also a creative producer on it to help highlight prank videos that okay. AFV has in their vault. Um, now, of course it's AFV. So we we keep it to good-natured pranks. Pranks can sure. get a little mean-spirited sometimes. So we keep it to good-natured pranks. And there are a bunch of different kinds of pranks. Scare pranks, setup pranks, mistaken identity pranks, mm -hmm. um, insect pranks, food pranks. There are so many different kinds of pranks that you can do. 
Mm. And so this show, Prank Academy, I'm the host of the show, mm. and we treat it as if the viewers are member are students at the Prank Academy. So I get to play different characters, sketch comedy characters that are yeah. visiting professors to talk about different aspects of pranks, the physics of pranks or the store yeah. or relationship pranks and stuff like that. So I get to play a lot of really fun characters. And that's where a lot of the improv stuff that I've done in the past, really, uh, I get to play around with a lot. But then we also in the show, we show a lot of prank videos in the show. Hmm. And then we also have celebrities who do a cameo in every episode. And they do a fun segment where they are apologizing on behalf of someone else in a prank video. So for instance, John Heater, um, a lot of people know him from Napoleon Dynamite, Blades of Glory, et cetera. <clears throat> he is in this segment for one of our episodes where there's this prank video of a, of a dad who wakes up his kids wearing a mask and a chainsaw and these kids absolutely freak oh out. Oh my gosh, they, yeah, they, like, They're screaming. And so John watches this video and then says, you know, I'm going to apologize on behalf of this dad. And then he talks as if he's the dad, like, sons, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I caused your bedwetting yeah. episodes until you were in your teens. Whatever, just a yeah. fun way of doing it. Um. And we have like Rizwan. I don't know if you, uh, Rizwan from Schitt's Creek, uh, Chris Kattan from Saturday Night Live. Uh, we have all, like, all these fun celebrities who do these cameos. And then we also, every episode, we have big content creators or influencers who are out mm. in the field doing pranks for us. And we give them mm. some prank challenges. So it's a really fun mixture of different things. It's kind of like AFV meets Saturday Night Live meets The Soup. Uh, meets The Daily Show because we have correspondents out there. So it's a really mm -hmm. fun show that we're doing and uh, it's on Pluto TV. People can check it out on Pluto TV. AFE has their own channel on Pluto TV, channel 494 on mm. Pluto TV, which Pluto TV is a streaming service that's free for anyone to go tune into. And uh, and they're playing, playing it all the time right now. So it's really fun. And it came about because I've, uh, I've, I've done a lot of stuff with AFE. Um, I've done, I first started doing some live streams with them back, uh, when I was doing a lot of live streaming on the, which is now TikTok, but before it was called musically and they had a yes. live stream platform called lively. So I, I was very involved in that and I did some live streams for them there. And then they had me do a, a couple of different projects with them that were a couple of series where I was a host of a couple of different things. And then this project came up and uh, and we've loved collaborating. And so it's it's just a total blessing. I've, I absolutely love doing it. Yeah. And it's really fun and they're excited about it as well. Well, you know, it's so interesting because I find, because I've been known to pull pranks for sure. I've seen them. You know, you've and seen they're them. Great. And they're great. I've fun. seen, yes. And they're great. Yeah. You're fantastic. Oh, thanks, man. And the thing is, is like, um, when they're good natured, when they're not mean spirited, when they're good natured, I find that it helps break people out of their mold of life. It, it, it like it, it like helps them get out of their their routine of like, oh, this is how life is always going to be. And so I I try to like pull like really positive pranks on people just because it it kind of it really uplifts their spirits. Like this wasn't even a prank. This was like uh, I, I went and bought three uh, bananas and a roll of duct tape. It was for some like shoot I was doing. 
for whatever reason, when I was on the conveyor, when I was putting it on the conveyor belt, I just thought, you know what? I'm going to put this banana, these bananas in the shape of a triangle and put the, the duct tape in the middle, like, like some kind of weird Star Trek symbol. I'm just going to put this like this and I'm just going to let it go up and let the, the cashier see it. And so I, I put it like that and I let it go up and the cashier saw it. And I don't know what happened, but when he saw it, it like hit his funny bone and he just died laughing. Amazing. Just he was just cracking up. He's like, dude, what, what is this? And you know, I'm like, dude, I don't know. I had to, I had to make it happen. And so now I kind of created like a, a fun game called grocery shapes where you have all these groceries and on the conveyor belt, you have to make it into a shape before it gets to like the, the cashier and just oh, see like what they, it, you know what I'm saying? Jen, this is so great. How have you not made this into like a TikTok series yet? Well, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't, this is, I need you to hire me is what I'm trying to say to do your, to do your, like your, your prank. Yes, because like, yes. But I love doing stuff like that all the time because it, it's not ever mean spirit. It's just like, it's, it's a fun, fulfilling fun, joke. Unexpected. Right? Yes. Um, and you're right. It breaks, it breaks somebody's routine up, but in a fun, yeah, unexpected and pleasurable way. Right. I had um, a, yeah, go ahead. You go. <clears throat> no, go ahead. Go ahead. You just made me think of a, an experience I had in my life, but you, you go ahead. I'll, 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 I'll share I'll one that I want you, I want to hear yours. Um, a friend of mine called me up and said, Hey, Charon, uh, my boss has been really stressed out and he could, he could, I, I, I just think you need to come and prank him. Like that was the request. And already I'm like, this is going to be a fantastic day. This is going to be a good day. I'm so excited. And like, it, it was for like a, one of those big MLM companies, like those, and they're like multi-billion dollar companies. He's yes. uh, 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 NWM now they're called network marketing. Yes. yes. Oh, I, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. <laughs> Uh, so it was for one of those big companies. I don't want to name which one. And he was like the president, the CEO. So, um, anyway, I go in, in my full Indian attire and, and this girl who calls me and says, Hey, listen, um, before you lunch, this guy, he came straight from India and he just loves our product so much. He just loves what it's done for him. And he just wants to meet you. And he's, and this guy's just like kind of surprised. He's like, wait, what? Like you just let him come to the office, you know, she's like, just be nice to him. Like he's so, he's just so tender. And so of course, like this guy like has no idea like what to make of me. And, you know, like thick Indian accent, all this stuff. And I said, listen, I know you just started this building and you're starting to new, do business in this building. So I want to say a special blessing on this building, if that's okay. And he's like, sure. So then he's like, what do I need to do? He's like, oh, uh, he's like, kind of bring some people. I'm like, please bring whomever you like. And then like, I proceeded to hold hands with him and made up an Indian prayer that does not even exist. Like there's just no words in the English, Indian gibberish. language. It was just gibberish. Basically. Gibberish. But I made him repeat the words after me. You know, <laughs> oh, no. I made him repeat it after me. And then finally he's like, well, okay, that was, thank you so much. Like, what did I say? And I said, well, I, I bless you with a sense of humor and, 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 and or like, no joy and, and peace and a sense of humor when you realize that this was all a joke. And he's like, wait, what? And, and, and then I went in an American accent. I'm like, dude, I'm just messing. Like my, my friend just asked me to come in and play a joke on you. And at that moment, like the tension that he had just completely re released and he was laughing and laughing so hard. He's like, Oh my gosh. He's like, dude, I can't believe how good you got me. Like that was so good. And then he's like, wait, can you stick around and get the other execs? And I'm like, sure. So I ended up punking like their CMO. Oh, nice. Well, and while he was watching. 
he was he's participating. He was oh, participating man. and just loving it. He just was loving, loving it. it, you know. And and then I heard like after I left, like they're like, please don't ever, like please always come back. You know, you're always welcome here. And um and my friend who invited me, she's like they would not stop talking about it. They said like that was a highlight of their day, and it was so interesting to me to realize like people walk around with so much tension. Yes. And so much pain in their life, and like weight on their shoulders, weight, a, a weight mm-hmm. that they, they didn't even know that they had, but they do. Right. And to give them the gift of laughter, of, of joy in those moments, to like just let that self release, like that, I think is a godly gift, honestly. So yeah. anyway, I I love the fact that you're 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 a part of the show, you're creating the show, and you're helping pull pranks. Because the thing is, is like you're you're doing it again in a very wholesome, fun, pure natured kind of way. Yeah. But still giving people that, that sense of hope instead of like being cynical, you know? Which right. Yes, exactly. Out. And, and, and it's like, I mean, it's like we said, it's AFE. So it's good for the whole family. My kids, it's one of their favorite things ever to watch now. And so it's really fun, really fun to do. I loved what you said. Um, so go check it out. Pluto TV, yeah. go check it please, out. Channel 494, AFE TV. Um, what you said about the gift of laughter I'm reminded of an experience that I had. This was somewhat of a life-changing experience, if you will, because mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, Sharon, but I went to school and got an economics degree. I did not know that. That's, That's crazy. That's so not, I went to BYU, got, to, got an, got an economics degree. about that, you know? Yeah. And, but while I was toiling away in, in that uh, social science of economics- With <laughs> Dr. Curl, probably- I, 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 yep. um, I, yeah. I had, uh, when I was little, I loved acting, mm. loved it. And then at some point, as I was got into later teens, uh, I kind of thought that's not something that I can really appropriately try to do. And so when I got to college, I, chose economics because it was something that I have an aptitude in certain things and I like the theory and I felt, you know, I, I, I fastened and prayed about what should I major in and, and felt really good about it. econ, but I still love doing performance stuff. And so, uh, and so uh, there was a, uh, there was a, a, bo- a board there at school called the, the mass club board that I don't even know if it still exists or not. That was in the, uh, Man, I can't remember the name of the building, but there was a little notice about coming. They they needed someone, a small little community theater, the Valley Center Playhouse in in Linden, Utah. They needed someone to come fill in for a weekend for something in a play. And you needed to be able to do a British accent, a Cockney British accent. So Mm -hmm. I spent a few years when I was growing up, my family, we lived in England a couple of different times. And oh, wow. okay. when I actually, when we came back one of the times, so my family says, I would like pronounce some things in a natural British accent sometimes when I was little. So British accents have always been really fun for me to do. So I thought this would be so fun. I haven't done a play in like years. Uh, let me, let me go do yeah. it. So I went and I auditioned for it and um, they had me do it. I don't even know if anyone else ever even actually auditioned for the role. I have no idea. Yeah. So we did it and it was fun. And I was like, this would be so fun just on my free time to do some shows in this little theater. So I'm going to audition for another show. So I auditioned for another show. It was a show called The Cruise of Love. It was okay. almost like a extremely squeaky clean PG version of The Love Boat. 
Okay. Uh, and it was an original show written by this elderly couple that ran this theater who I think have now passed on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had original music pieces to it, original songs. It was, it was all of this original show. Yeah. And I played sort of the uh, happy-go-lucky employees on this cruise ship. Okay. <clears throat> and it was in the theater in the round. But it was like a, a, a double wide trailer turned into a, a stage. So it was just okay. this flat service. And then these little, a uh, couple of rows of theater seats on every side. <clears throat> I, think so, ple- I think I've performed in this space before. You may have. You may yeah, have. I may have. Um, yeah. Anyway, keep going. Keep going. So I'm sorry. This story's taking a little too long, but I love no. this. Uh, it, it just makes me remember this. It was such a clear moment for me. I was doing my performance, this show, and just having fun doing it. And there was this couple that was sitting in the front row. So, which meant that I was like, I'd stand there. If I just reached down, I would be touching them. Sure. Um, Sitting right there, laughing hysterically, just cracking Mm. up at stuff that I was doing. And it felt so great, not because of like, look at me, but it felt so great knowing that I was helping them experience this joy of laughter mm, and yeah. hopefully changing their night. And at the end of the show, we would all stand there. And as people walked out, we would say hi. And they come and they, they shake my hand. They're just laughing while they're shaking my hand. For whatever reason, I touched their funny bone. And it was so amazing to feel to know that you, I had positively affected their lives that way. Mm. And they might've gone back home and talked about it later. Maybe they've, maybe who knows, but this just experience of, of affecting someone's life in such a positive way just took hold of me. And, Mm. and then I had some other experiences in my life, which led me to not pursue jobs in the economics world. Yeah, and not go be an investment banker, etc., but instead be an actor. Um, but that certainly was a one of my defining experiences. Mm. But it was that just joy of bringing joy into people's lives. There's a joy in bringing joy into people's lives, and I think it's another reason why I love doing improv. I love, I love doing that sort of stuff, um, which I know you love as well. Absolutely. That, I, I mean, here's the thing, like. And we've touched on some of your, so many of your joys already, which is just like, but I liked what you just barely said that there's an insane amount of joy in bringing joy in somebody else's life. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we talk about what brings us joy and it's like, well, family, God, all those things. But the idea of like seeing somebody else truly happy and like you, you were able to be a part of that happiness that's, that's incredible. That's life-changing. And that's really what, yeah. that's really why I like to do what I like to do because I mean, truthfully, like I don't find satisfaction in acting if it's just for myself. I, I just don't, but like if, but if it's like, if I'm doing it with the intention of like, hopefully I can serve other people and hopefully right. I can use this as a way to help other people have a lighter load in life and feel a little bit more hopeful and, and feel like, Hey, you know what? Life is worth living. And, and there is some positivity in there. Then, then I think it's awesome. And, yeah. and I don't know, I get like really excited about it. And I think it's important to say that this does not only apply to acting. 
yeah, and to course. performance and to performances. This, this is a, in my opinion, it is such an important life principle. So, mm-hmm. if you're if you're in if you're in high school or in grade school or whatever, if you're just going to school and giving someone a compliment and seeing the joy that comes into their lives, you will experience joy. You, you providing joy to other people will help lift up your spirits and help lift the weight that that's, that you feel too. Um, in the workplace, uh, bringing joy into people's lives in the workplace, friendships, um, everybody, I mean, everybody who's listening to this or watching this has friends, we, you know, or, or people in their lives that are important in their life, even if it's just family members, you can bring joy into their lives and you will experience joy when you bring joy into their lives. Um, and yeah. there's, there's not much more that's magic. There's, there's not much no. m- more magical thing in life than that. That is, that is truly a magical thing. And it definitely transcends the performance arena the performance. It's so easy to apply it. Yeah. Well, man, um, anybody, anybody can help bring joy into someone else's life. Uh, and I, I think it's so, so great. Like, well, it's, it's so interesting. Cause it's like, I, you know, sometimes I go to like fast food restaurants and I see like these, uh, sometimes there's these workers that are like just sweeping the floors and everything like that. And just they have so much joy in what they're doing, even if it's so simple that they bring joy to other people. Like, and I've been a witness to that where like they're, they're, they're just very simple. They're just so grateful for their job. They're just so grateful that they have this chance to like serve in their, in their capacity. And man, the world is better because they exist, you know? And, and sometimes, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go. I was just kidding. Sometimes, sometimes it's as simple as a smile. Yeah. Sometimes it's as simple as a smile. And I'm reminded of an experience where I, I was in, uh, I was shopping and I had my little toddler, baby, baby daughter. I was in the shopping, grocery shopping. And there was, there was somebody who was sweeping the floor. This made me think of this. Somebody was like sweeping the floor and uh, my little girl just looked at him and just this huge smile and just said, Hi, hi. And just, that was one of the few words she knew at the time. Yeah, yeah. And he just looked at her and his whole face oh. just turned into this bright beam of joy. And he looks at me and she's like, and he goes, she said hi to me. <laughs> she said, you know, like, yeah, she did. She's a friendly little one. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's just that, you know, it is oh, just man. that. And this goes back to what you're talking about with, uh, and I, I appreciate again the words that we were that you said about my about how I try I try to be friends with uh, people that I associate with and it's a lot of that is just about smiling with them you know just mm. just trying to have a positive outlook on life um yeah and having that smile that that can help that really can help it's so interesting how, like you said, like a simple smile, a simple kind gesture, like a smile can lift somebody up just to be like, Hey, like it's, it's going to be okay. You know? And I, I don't know, like, it's so interesting as I've seen some of the people um, I, I've had lunch with several people last year that were telling me they were going through some pretty hard depression because mm-hmm. of all of the, the stuff that was going on in the world and everything like that. And as we were sitting and just chatting, I, I realized like, just like that, that moment was sacred, 
just like hanging out with them, having lunch with them. It was sacred. And, and we were able to like, just be like, Hey, you know what? Like, yeah, it is tough. It is tough, but that's why we have each other, you know? And that's why we can like joke around and, and talk about funny memories that we experienced or like funny things that you've done, funny things that I may have done. And at at the end of the day, it it like, it transcends all of this acting, all of this stuff. It's all about like that human connection of, of having joy. So I don't know. I, Again, we can talk about this stuff for hours. It's, it's amazing. That's right. That's right. Really that's right. And it's not, and it's like, not like that. Yeah. And by the way, it's not like that solves problems, right? No. Like, I mean, if somebody, you know, for, for instance, if somebody has a huge splinter in their forearm that's sticking out and it's, and it's bleeding yeah. or whatever, yeah. right? And uh, they're feeling this little bit of terrible pain, having somebody come and smile and, and uh, sit with them for a minute, it's not going to, it doesn't magically heal no. that wound. No. Uh, but it's certainly can help it certainly helps it can certainly soothe you know yeah and it's, it, it can soothe. if we're if we're meant to soothe others then that's Man, sharon if 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 Gosh, anything you it. are a balm of soothing soothing ointment oh man i will be a you are a balm of gilead my friend <laughs> <laughs> oh dude well i listen man i appreciate you so much we got to wrap things up a little bit but um i guess the last question i'd ask you is um Actually, two questions, real quick. Okay, lay them on me. What is your greatest fear? Oh. I would say right now, Mm -hmm. my greatest fear would be probably to disappoint my family. My own family. Wife and yeah. children. I'm not talking about my. I don't care about my siblings. No, I don't care, I don't care about my nice. parents. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um, but to, uh, maybe to fail them. Mm-hmm. Maybe not just disappoint, because I think we always disappoint people. Like you know, come on, yeah. we're all we're all human. And, but to ultimately maybe fail them. That that is a that is a that would be a fear. It would definitely be a fear. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's so interesting because they're the people closest to you, you know, the, whom, whom you love so dearly. Right. And yeah. you want to protect them and you want to help them out. And I think like, it, it's interesting because um, if we can look at all humans as our human family, you know, mm-hmm. and like sometimes feeling like, Oh my gosh, did we f- fail people? And I mean, I mean, of course you don't want to like beat yourself up too much because you can't do everything for everybody. But right. at the same time, it's like taking that same principle um, and like just really caring for people, like genuinely caring for people. It's, it's the way to go, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the I last, do have another fear, yeah. by the way. I do. Yeah, have go ahead. Fear. Go I'm ahead, please. Say, I, yeah. I, I really struggle with the, like, you know, when you're in maybe a building all by yourself and you have to like turn off the lights. And I mean, I've, I've had to like sometimes lock up a church building before oh. because of my responsibilities, my yeah. callings. And, uh, and you can just start to, you can just start to imagine there being a ghost or something yeah. and you're imagine. Yeah. Oh man. Some, that, <laughs> Come on. That, that, yeah. That gets me afraid. I shouldn't, and you, you shouldn't be afraid of ghosts, but. But you know what? But you know what? Hey, if they're around, you know, you may, you may want to avoid them if you can, you know? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Sorry, but that was just another thought that came No, okay, no, what's great. So your other question. The last question really is, 
even though you have an age today, imagine that you were younger. Okay. Uh, imagine that you were younger and you had to give advice from current Eric to the younger Eric, the one that might be in high school or the one that's going to be at, yeah, is starting to be an econ uh, professor or whatever he's trying to be. What advice would you give that, that Eric? Well, the first thing that popped into my mind, yes. so I'll just say that this might not be the read the right answer, <laughs> but the first thing that popped in my mind was care less about what other people think of you and what mm. you do. That's good advice. That's good so advice. Care Thanks. less about. That's not to say that you shouldn't care about that. Like I, I do, I do think it's it's important to care about that. And it, but, mm -hmm. but, but care less about that because what that does sometimes, and I think everyone has experienced this. Yeah, it makes you be less of who you really are. Yeah. Like, like if Completely. you're in school, right. I'm sure there are people who listen to who can, can relate to this. If you're in school, sometimes you're afraid to like be who you are because maybe it's not cool. Maybe it's not the click. It's not the right click. You want to be a part of a click or the, yeah. the, you know, cool group. That sounds so like dad of me, but, but, um, not be embarrassed about who you are and be who you are. There's real power that comes in authenticity, right? Yes. And yes. the moment you um, listen to the voice of others, you know, so it's like, so to the point where it's like you stop being yourself, you stop being authentic, then you lose your own power. You lose why God created you to begin with. And yeah. God wants you to be you, I feel. And so- yeah. And God is given, you know, we have all been blessed with certain talents and Absolutely. it's okay if you don't, it's okay if you don't have certain talents that other people have, yeah. that's fine. Like, let's go read some parables from Jesus about that. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it is okay. Everybody has different talents and magnify those talents, uh, bring those talents to the world and yeah. uh, let those lights shine. Mm. Um, because that, that will affect, that will positively affect the people that need to be positively affected. Yeah. And you'll, and you'll find joy in that as opposed to trying to spin your wheels, trying to do, trying to do or be somebody that, that you just, that you aren't and that you don't have to be, that you're not meant to be. It's okay. It's okay. Like it's, yeah. it's okay. Um, you know, and, and that certainly yeah. is applied to a lot of areas of life. I think it applies to all areas of life. Dude, you cannot uh, end on a better note than that. That was amazing. That was great. And dude, it's it's the truth. It's like being yourself and being you is the best version of of I don't know of reality you can ever experience. Does that make yes. sense? Like you, it's because then you can really um, you can create your path. You don't have to follow others. You can yes. create your path. And yes. and I love that you've been creating your path for so long. You're constantly creating your own path, and if people say no, you just keep going, you know, you keep <laughs> on going. And that's, and that's what makes it so you're able to like do all the good things that you're doing right now. So I, I don't know, man, I, I certainly appreciate you taking the time to, to be on this podcast and to like share all these things with me. It's amazing. Well, thank you, Sharon. I, I, I've just thought of one other thought, if it's okay, please, I'll, please. I'll just share this because yes, a lot of times this, this comes, it comes up. Um, 
you know, I've done a lot of stuff that that's like in nerd culture. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I just think, I think on this because a lot of times people don't want to show what they're nerdy about like that, that, that a lot of times comes into play when it comes in this idea of like, be who you are, be genuine. Yeah. And one of my favorite definitions, uh, is from my, my old buddy, Zach Levi, who now is Shazam. He plays Shazam and sure. but he had this, he had this thing called, um, nerd HQ that he would do down in San Diego and he has the nerd machine. And his definition, and I don't know if it was from him or that he'd heard this somewhere, but when you're a nerd, it means that you are passionate about something. You can be a nerd about anything. Yeah. And that helps transform this idea of being a nerd. And I'm, I, I embrace, and that's a part of it. I think that's why I was thinking of like this whole idea of don't worry about what other people think. Embrace your nerdiness. Embrace your ner- inner nerd. If you have a passion for something, embrace that passion and and let people see that passion. And maybe it is comic books, maybe it is video games, but maybe it's sports, maybe it's maybe it's accounting, maybe it's drawing, whatever it is. Yeah. Embrace your inner nerddom and uh, and be that nerd. And I I just love that aspect of it. So that was just. That was hitting my mind, so I just wanted to share it. But thank you, Sharon. This this no. has been a great this has been a great conversation, and yeah, I, I hope it helps some people who might have listened to it because Dude, it's, it's it's helped me, you know, and it, it's it's helped me, great. yeah. So it's no, I appreciate me. it, man. I, I appreciate it, and you're you're awesome, and I'm just excited to see where um, your where life takes you because it's already like you've already done some some great good in the world, and I'm excited for the rest of the, the world to like experience the goodness that you have to offer. So thanks Thanks, so much, man. Appreciate it. Likewise. Yep. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the Lemonade Stand podcast. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you use to be alerted when we release new episodes. We'd also love to hear your feedback in the reviews. And if you or someone you know has an awesome Lemonade Stand story, please reach out to us on social media and let us know. Thanks so much and have a great day.